Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Adam Roskowitz. I'll be calling him Roscoe in the interview. We recorded this last weekend at his home in Olympia, Washington. I'm teaching a second banjo workshop series on old time songs, so head on over to CameronDeWitt.com store, linked in the show notes, to sign up. You do not have to have participated in part one, it's just a new batch of old time songs. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest, but first here's my interview and jam with Adam Roskowitz. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. It's great to be here. Welcome back. You were on uh, Kendall Winter's episode like a couple years ago. It's true. But we've been, we, I think at that point we had made vague plans to make this happen. Yes. And this this is nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is I'm perfect. Glad, I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on that, on that episode, I don't remember you playing... Fingerstyle versions of old time tunes. I think you did an original tune. Oh yeah, that was sort of trad sounding. I don't. I don't think I got to hear you do this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I thought it was funny at the time when we did it. I was like, wait, I'm 
this isn't even my podcast <laughs> episode or, you know, like I'm not the guest. I'm glad you did. It was a cool um, tune. Yeah. I, I remember it kind of kicking my butt too. Oh, fun. The, it the form great. of it. Oh, it was really fun to do. Yeah. I've been doing the old time, playing old time melodies, yeah. you know, not, mm-hmm. it's, I wouldn't uh, go as far as to say I'm playing old time on the guitar. It's a, you know, but definitely inspired by um, old time tunes and, and melodies it, it actually started uh, in 2020, you know, it's mm. like the familiar, a familiar tale, you know, yeah. of, of people getting into things uh, sure. uh, during that period of time. Um, this guitar I'm playing actually is built by this luthier from Carborough, North Carolina, I believe, um, named Tim Darrow. And uh, he loaned me this guitar um, to for a uh gig that I, a performance that I had coming up where I was playing, um, I was actually playing mando cello and classical guitar in it. It's another story. Um, I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> um, so I was playing mando cello and guitar in this, and I needed an instrument that was sort of a hybrid between a, the dreadnought that I'd been playing and a classical guitar, you know, with a wider string spacing, shorter scale length. And so he loaned me this one and it was perfect for it. And then the pandemic happened and we didn't see each other. I still haven't seen him actually. So this is on loan to you? No, it's mine now. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, do you (laughs) have to give this back? I do not have to give it back. Yeah. This is, yeah. This instrument is like a a magic wand. I have never heard a guitar with so much sustain. It's really, it's out of control. It's really nice. Yeah. I, I, I swear I'm not putting any like anything like people who are listening to this afterwards. I'm not doing that much to the recording of compression, (laughs) except all the compression. (laughs) I'm not doing much. It's that's all happening in this kitchen on this guitar. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. I kind of, especially the, uh, the band that I'd been playing a ton with, um, up until that point I was playing mandolin in. And so just having the opportunity, obviously there weren't any gigs, um, coming up. So having the opportunity to just play, fingerstyle guitar, which was sort of my first love. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just spend time doing that. Um, and arranging these melodies that I really love and that are really fun to play, you know? Um, so that's where that came. What, who knows what the question was, but (laughs) I I noticed, uh, in that first phrase, Hmm. the thing that I, I was looking at your right hand Mm -hmm. and I was like, your right hand is barely moving. Oh, yeah. Like all of these notes are happening with the, it's like right. constant like hammer-ons and pull-offs that are sounding so loud. How are you doing? Oh yeah. I know. Let's... Well, I think it's a, it might be a combination of um, these incredibly light gauge strings yeah. um, that I've been loving. And also um, I actually worked on my left hand, uh, technique a fair amount uh and like doing like hammer on and pull off just in my life yeah i don't know if that's if that's what you're referring yeah but um yeah i'm not saying it's all the instrument i'm i'm just i'm I'm very impressed with your it it also seems like there's a there's a comfort in the claw hammer banjo which you play um uh because you know that it's got this box uh-huh. of the climber stroke. You go down, 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 down. And every once in a while, you know, you play a Galax lick or something, you break it. But yeah. mostly it's bang, 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 bang. And all of the variation comes from there. But when I'm watching you play, it seems like you, <laughs> you're, not, you're not really playing that many repeated single string notes. No. And so you hit the string when you need to. And then your left hand kind of does the rest. Yeah. And how do you keep a, a, a rhythm as solid as that was? Well, that's great to hear. Uh, that was that was a, it was amazing. I was like, I don't understand. Like if I had to be all left hand with my rhythm, yeah. uh, it would um, be impossible to play with. But I felt like I could just sink into it. You know, well, that's cool. You know, actually, since we're talking about it, um, as it relates to the banjo, I know that when I was learning just like kind of basic claw hammer stuff, technique or whatever, um, the like drop thumb was like my nemesis at that uh-huh. time. You Same, know, yeah. this was a, it was a while ago, but um, and I remember reading a uh, article or something, and they were talking about or Doc Watson was talking about how he plays banjo, and he's like, it's just 
pull-offs. It's just mm-hmm. all pull I don't <laughs> fool around with this drop-down drop stuff. Yeah, um, interesting. I didn't know uh, that he didn't do that. I don't know that that's a real story. Okay. Either, but I, it's what, it's what I remember. You know, I don't know where I heard it. Um, sure. I, I don't I don't have any facts to back it up. But that was that's my recollection. And so I uh, was like, oh, I could just do more pull offs. And uh, and it, especially coming from maybe playing the mandolin, pull offs don't speak the same as easily as they do on guitar or mm-hmm. banjo. So um, so it's probably that. Also, this tuning that I'm in is um and that might contribute to the resonance is uh c g c g c wow wow okay you're in a banjo tune yeah Yeah. exactly so it's very much like amazing okay yeah 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 um and i yeah i think i at the time i was like oh i just made up this great you know this great tuning and then was you know realized it was just double C or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So that makes it... Everything's very linear. Right, yeah. Like... Yeah, you're just playing in cross. Exactly. Yeah, it it feels like playing like cross A or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, uh, where everything's very symmetrical and in a box. The guitar nerds who listen to Get Up in the Cool are just like, yes, they got right into it. Yes. <laughs> They're so excited right now. It's like none of this origin story yeah. shit right uh, to the... <laughs> yeah. What's your setup, bro? I mean, who cares to that? Yeah. Who's he talking to? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I know. We could talk about my nail file next. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a chunky it's, one it's four. Here. It's four-sided. It's... Yeah, it does. It, but it has... Uh, it has seven different levels. Oh my god! Of, of, yeah, this is like the D and D dice of, of emery kind, boards. It kind of is. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I know. There's a lot. Um, it's always <laughs> there's a there's a lot to unpack here. I actually was I was teaching um, at the Puget Sound Guitar Workshop last summer, um, which is an incredible uh, guitar workshop mm-hmm. um, that happens uh, on the peninsula. And um, there's a, another classical guitar player there. And I say another because I studied classical guitar um, as in college. And we just got into it about nail care. Yeah. You know, it's like the most, you know, it's like the, it's like the common, common language, you know. Yeah, I've never heard so many... Um straight cis men like talk about nail care and like until I got into you know playing the banjo and I would assume it's even more intense for a classical guitar world yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot there's there's I'm not assuming of... you're a straighter cis I'm just saying that like that's the phenomenon it's so funny it's like is this the twilight zone oh man and it no yeah, that's funny. yeah it's it, it's very real and when I was a uh, when I was in school, like I was doing the like fake nail thing. So I was just buying a lot of nail care products um, and uh, using them. Some of them are pretty gross, actually. They're pretty <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> like, you know, and this is, this is in the eighties. Just kidding. But it, it was a while ago. And there, yeah. you know, there's uh, i I'm hoping things are slightly less toxic now, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, these days I only have, um, one playing nail. I have my thumbnail, which most claw hammer players don't do. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I've been using picks, but, um, when this breaks, which doesn't happen very often, I will use the CVS, you know, like a kiss brand nail kit. Yes. And every time I, every time I put one on, I'm just like, what is this doing to my body? It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. And it's hard to get off them once you're on them, Uh you know, because it like deteriorates your nail. Yeah. So you kind of have to go cold turkey. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. Interestingly, I don't use a thumbnail. Yeah. that, Um, That seems rare. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I had this one teacher and he didn't use a thumbnail and on the guitar and it really separated. It, it made it easier to separate the bass lines from the melody lines. Yes. Yeah, interesting. You yeah. get it. But, but that's not the only way to do it. It's just the way that he did it. Right. And, um, and it wasn't until, gosh, I think maybe not, not too long ago that I switched to no nail on the yeah. thumb and, 
Um, and I like it. I don't know. Now I can't go back because it like gets uh-huh. caught. Yeah, yeah. And I get a lot of those, those things, <laughs> yeah. you know. So you gotta want that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I yeah, right. I could do it on purpose. Yeah. I could yeah. do it when I want, but it's very startling when it's by accident. And then I guess like technique wise, like are you are you leading with your your index then when you're when you're doing them? I, I guess it was also hypnotizing. Oh. What? You're kind of just switching back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I'll be playing a melody and I'll go like thumb index, thumb index. Yeah. Which is. That's too many choices. Kind of whack. Yeah. That's messed up. You should stop that. I try not to think. (laughs) I try not to think about it. There's very little. There's as little thought as possible. How? It seems like it's constant decisions. How is it not constant thinking? Uh, You know. It's just all muscle memory somehow. It could be. Um, But it's also, I think, you know, just having like a a couple different setups or approaches. You know, like one would be, you know, if, uh, or, you know, obviously index index is in charge of the third string middles in charge of the second string rings in charge of the first string. Right. Um, so that's one setup, but then there's also like a, like a scale setup where I'm playing index middle, you know, there's things that I've practiced not doing. Like if I'm going to play a higher sounding string and I've just played with my middle finger, um, I won't cross over my index finger to the higher string. Right. Um, I'll use my ring finger oh, there. Oh, interesting. And like, so it keeps my... Your ring is on reserve. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. A lot of the time. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes it more flexible. Is yeah, it's, interesting. It's not like I'm making the choices. I've just got like uh, guidelines or, you know, yeah. like, like huh. I've got things that I try not to do. But yeah. It's probably a lot of patterns that I don't think about, honestly. Yeah. And um, it's just all... It, that way. It, it, it left your brain... And now it lives in your hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or something. Yeah. Let's, let's play another tune. And then I want to oh, yeah. ask you, like, I mean, these are personal questions. But I want to yeah. ask you about you and not just your, your technique. <laughs> oh, man. You know, if only every, every like, interview was just n- nerding out on the instrument, you know. That would, that's... I'm sure some of my listeners would love that. So, yeah. But others wouldn't. So here we go. I'm going to... What should we play? Oh, um... Well, I took the capo off, so... So we're playing in C. So it's a big... <laughs> it's a, all C's, baby. I've made a big, yeah, bold move. Um, we could play Tryon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because we're there. I'm not exactly sure... How I'm going to harmonize this when we're playing, but... Um, I... Just for the record, I know that I'm... I'm not doing it right. Whatever it is. I, I, I posted a, a clip of me playing, playing this it's many years ago on YouTube. And, um, and I remember uh, uh, Chris Cool commenting and he's like, four chord, four chord doesn't go there. Buddy. Chris. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what he said. I, you know, I was, th- you know, not sure whether I should call him out, but well, he's been called out now. Come on the show, Chris, I know, and well, defend your honor. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a fun jam. I, I, um, but he was exactly dream guest. He was exactly right. Um, so, <laughs> and anyway, um, but I'm definitely going to put it there. Put, put you your know. four wherever you want. Don't, as far as I'm concerned, don't bore us. Get to the four chord. That's what I always say. Uh, Farewell, Tryon. Thank you. 
Sipping tea, right. <laughs> we're just having a nice time. Uh, oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just to definitely low key. Now, is it low key or uh, yeah, emo? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, people say like indulgent, like it's a bad thing. Oh, it's like, yeah. well, you don't indulge. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, you don't like pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to therapy. <laughs> Receive that's, a nice sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, I think that's another thing that uh, the finger style stuff kind of, uh, I don't know, open up, opened up. Maybe it gave me a little permission just to play things, especially playing solo because I was doing a lot of that uh, yeah. in 2020. Um, and like, uh, yeah, just the opportunity just to like play things at whatever tempo I wanted or whatever tempos I wanted, you know, and however, you know, just having that freedom. It's really nice. Yeah. Cause, uh, you, you've alluded to having a relationship with this music or mm -hmm. tangential musics. And also at some point we're going to talk about bluegrass. Oh yeah. And so I'm assuming that, uh, coming to, you know, playing these melodies in this like, uh, soft, gentle, contemplative way is sort of counter-programming for you and your relationship with these melodies in yeah. the past. Yeah, a little bit, but I think a lot of, you know, it's interesting, like the way that I kind of came to um, maybe bluegrass in all time or, you know, that traditional music was through fingerstyle guitar in the first place. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and through a lot of, obviously, like John Fahey. Yeah. Um, and, and also a lot of the like English fingerstyle guitar players like Martin Simpson, Bert Yanch, um, you know, uh, yeah. And, and so the, so a lot of it was through that lens initially. And then as I got more into traditional styles and um, played more old time, actually heard people play, you know, playing it in a more traditional uh, legit style, you know, um, and uh, and learned some tunes from those folks, but a lot of that was done on the mandolin, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, um, because it's so immediate, you know. It's yeah. the, I don't play the fiddle, so it's really nice to. Yeah, it's as close as I can get. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of translating that you have to do on this instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with this technique. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of translating. I, I wonder if that's where the tuning helps kind of bridge the gap because. Yeah, a lot of these tune, a lot of these melodies derive from symmetrical tuning. Right. You know, right. Right. And the band, you know, on the banjo and on the fiddle, so it's not crazy. Yeah. You know, it's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, uh, whenever I play like uh, Grisman David Grisman tunes mm -hmm. on a standard tune guitar, 
that's always just so challenging for me. <laughs> it's like the fingerings are, uh, yeah, just way more complicated. On the yeah. hmm. Anyway, it's not like that. Yeah, I mean, do you often just stay in this tuning then for your, for your playing? I've spent a lot of time in it, but um, it does eventually, you know, it's really good for C tunes. Obviously, it's really good for yeah. D tunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's very like uh, what's what's the word? Um, you know, you're really in that key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're not playing B flat tunes out of this. No, or, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's this is the key you're in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I definitely moved to other tunings. So you started with playing fingerstyle and mm -hmm. then got into. Flat picking mandolin was yeah was that in the context of old time or bluegrass music or or both or yeah. somewhere in between? Well, you know, when I was a kid, um, my folks were really good about having instruments available. Um, both of them played music, and so what kind of music did they play? Um, like, uh, actually, my dad played like blues and folk music, like primarily on the guitar and bass, yeah. um, and my mom played classical piano <laughs> so um so they were you know so there was a pretty broad um you know kind of selection of music at, at all times genre wise um and they loved music so you know it wasn't like they would rent a mandolin for huh. from the music store and there would yeah. just be a mandolin in the house and there was no pressure to play it it would just was there you know um so and then, you know, there'd be like a folk harp, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? like there wasn't, it, there yeah. was no like genre specific kind of right. direction. It was just like, this is cool. Maybe you'll like that, yeah. you know? Um, so I was really lucky in that respect. How, how did you, yeah. <clears throat> how did you receive that at the time growing up with those instruments in the house with music in the house? Like, were you like, I'm going to take advantage of this or, or did you receive it as pressure? Because sometimes mm -hmm. musical parents, you know, yeah, no, you know, not at all. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was just like, oh, cool. And then especially like, you know, if there's like, I don't know, there's like an R.E.M. song on the, you know, yeah. that, that is really popular at that time that has mandolin in it. And then I'm right. like, oh, yeah. cool, I'll learn that on the mandolin. You know, there isn't a, it was just all there kind of as an opportunity. Um, but I was already pretty obviously obsessed with music. You know, it's just like around like 10, 11 and 12. Hmm. Um, so it was... Um, yeah, it was very natural. No pressure. Mm. Um, yeah, even when I, it was obvious that that's what I was doing, there wasn't really that much pressure. Yeah. Um, Love that. Love yeah. to hear that. I know. <laughs> so great. Yeah. So yeah. then uh, were you introduced then to folk musics through your dad then? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, um, yes. Is he the one who made it like click for you? Or is that someone else? Yeah, it was someone else. But he actually... He introduced me to fingerstyle guitar and, and basically was like, well, you know, when, when I, back in the 60s, this is what everyone played, yeah. this tune, you know, if you were, wanted to be a guitar player. So then I would learn that tune. Yeah. Do you remember uh, what tune? I know you're speaking in the abstract, but what kind of stuff oh, was he oh, saying was, you should learn? The, the first one was this tune called Angie. By that was it's actually by David Graham. I'm, this guitar is not in standard tune, <laughs> yeah. but um, the so I can't play it without retuning but um actually i will i will because you can edit this i can yeah <laughs> we're not on the radio go for it um all right and magically the guitar is in standard tuning um the tune is called angie <clears throat> not by the rolling stones but by um this guy named what was his name davy graham but as interpreted through this other english uh fingerstyle folk guitarist huh. named bert yanch hmm. who or janch uh who was in group called pentangle very you know very like kind of psychedelic 60s okay folk sort of folk rock folk jazz rock anyway um but i'd been playing guitar probably for a few months at that point and he was like oh everyone learned this tune and it was one of those throw throwaway comments that people say that you know that you take very seriously uh -huh. and i was like oh shoot i better learn this, this. is the canonized yeah. figure style guitar thing i so, gotta do it this is my stairway yeah exactly so then so what it did was it had this bass line oh right, yeah the, right? what is it called 
the it's called Andalusian Kings uh, or whatever. Isn't there some sort of name for that? I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some sort of like <laughs> TED talk about it the years ago or oh. whatever. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm anyway. check that out. Yeah, it had this bass line and then this melody on top. That sounds familiar. I don't even know if I can play it now. I've heard. I've definitely heard that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, apparently it was a big. It was a big deal. Sure. Uh, in the like kind of folk folky scene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I learned that, um, and that was sort of my, yeah, like little things like that, just um, little nudges in uh, a certain direction. But it wasn't until I started taking guitar lessons at this um, little guitar little music shop in uh, Laguna Niguel. California that's in SoCal um, and kind of in Orange County um, where I was living at the time and uh, I started taking lessons there and I actually was like quote-unquote working there as mm -hmm. a yeah I was like 13 or sure, something sure. and um, and one of the other employees was like you got to check this out and he gave me uh, Manzanita by Tony Rice. Oh yeah, and he there gave, it is. Yeah, he gave me um, Appalachian Swing by the Kentucky Colonels, mm -hmm. um, which, which is actually kind of hard to find right now. Huh. Um, but anyway, it's all instrumentals. The the Kentucky Colonels record. It's all instrumentals with bluegrass band, and a lot of them are led by Clarence White, who's playing like the melodies on guitar. Um, so that was the big moment. Yeah, like mm. the old train was huge for me you know yeah. it was like the yeah it was definitely my theme song as a kid i was mm. obsessed with it um so yeah so that's how the bluegrass started for yeah. me and just learning those things and eventually yeah so it was yeah what was his name rob thanks rob thanks rob yeah <laughs> we all need we all have a rob somewhere i've still you know? i've still got those cds i never gave him back but they do have his name on them <laughs> um, anyway lovely thanks yeah don't want me any cds also it's the one <laughs> moral let's uh let's play another tune and then let's uh let's talk about camps oh yeah i love camp do what, you want, what do, yeah what should we play next do you want to play that reichman tune oh yes the the waltz yeah um i'll have to learn it yeah it's pretty chill i'll do my best i'm sure you will so this is a, a john reichman waltz yes what, what's it called it is called a prairie jewel oh yeah. So sweet. It's really sweet. It's off of his Walk Along John okay. yeah. record. Um, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I've, you know, we were talking about influences as I adjust my tuning. Um, and I discovered Reichman as I became more familiar. I lived in the San Francisco for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I became more familiar with the Bay Area bluegrass scene and history beyond just, um, you know, Grisman and Mike Marshall, like I discovered uh, the good old persons and John Reichman. And uh, that's really one of the, <clears throat> one of the big reasons why I started playing mandolin I was in college and just being, yeah, obsessed with his playing, but also his writing, you know, so his tunes. You know, people, right now are like talking about how they they think that uh taylor swift is a cia psyop and stuff right, right you know and <laughs> great segue i think john reichman is one uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. his tunes are so sticky that it's like there's yeah. something going on here <laughs> like yeah. we need to be careful we need to watch this man he's gonna do something to us <laughs> with his powerful writing oh man yeah. yeah he's gonna swing the election oh just sleeper agent <laughs> yeah i'll I'll ask him about that. Well, I won't ask yeah, him yeah. about that. In fact, we should probably edit this out because we don't want him to know that we know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah. Like, this is another one of those tunes, too, where it's like, don't bore us, get to the forecourt. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you guys haven't even heard the tune. I'm, like, look, talking into the microphone yeah. like it's a human. Yeah. You haven't even heard this tune yet. But uh, okay. it's going to go to the forecourt like, right away. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Prairie Jewel. Prairie Jewel. 
listeners dip their partners. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta leave time for the dip. Yeah, gotta dip. Yeah. Thanks for playing that with Mm. me. That was such a sweet tune. John Reichman's done it again. Yeah. With the help of three letter organizations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So good. Okay, so camps. Oh, yeah. Um, You have run the um, CBA Summer Music Camp. And you... You've been uh, advertising on the show for a long time. You're one of my only regular advertisers. Thank you for oh, that. It's really nice oh, for thank me. You. Thank uh, you. Heck yeah. And uh, and then more recently, you you've been running the uh, Julian Family Fiddle Camp. Yeah. Or is this year the first time that this you're is the first time in charge? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot about Julian uh, Family Fiddle Camp as well. Um, some of my students have been going to that. And, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd heard a, about it for years, and I'd never been. Um, I taught, I actually taught there last year. Um, I taught guitar there. Um, and, but that was my first time going. Um, but it's been around for over a decade. Um, I think this is its 12th year. Um, and I wonder, yeah, there, I've all, I always felt actually when I didn't know anything about it and I just heard about it, I thought that it was an old time, um, camp because, I know Molsky has been right, there a lot. Right, yeah. And, I kind of assumed it was too. Um, and like, uh, yeah, and other um, great old time players. Um, but it's not, it, it's for, um, it actually, like bluegrass, western styles of fiddle, um, all instruments. Okay. Um, very important. That's a very important distinction actually is that it does include all and in, all not instruments. Just fiddle, yeah. Not just fiddle. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some talk. Like, should we change it to like fiddle more or camp sure, or something? Sure, um, yeah. but the name is so recognizable. Um, but right. it does. Yeah. It's for all the, you know, uh, guitar, mandolin, bass, fiddle. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. It ha- it's this year. It's May first through fifth. Um, yeah, first week of May. How long have you been running camps? It's interesting because Wintergrass is coming up, and a few years ago, so I think it was in twenty twenty two, maybe. So not that long. But oh yeah, I was at um, I was at Wintergrass, and I ran into a friend from the California Bluegrass Association, and she was like, "What are you doing?" Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go see some music. And she's like, no, what are you doing with your life? We need, <laughs> we need someone to, um, so, yeah. uh, we need someone to help out, uh, with running the camp. Hmm. Um, and so that was the, uh, so I, that was my first year doing it. So 2022. So it's very recent. It's just, um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but so that was running the summer music camp, which happens in Grass Valley. Then that camp has been one of the CBAs. Like um, I guess that we're just coming up on the fiftieth year that they've done the uh, Father's Day Bluegrass Festival. Right. Yeah. And for this is the twenty fourth year of the music camp. Wow. So for about half that time, there's been a music camp preceding the festival. Yeah. Um, so this year it's the ninth, June 9th through twelfth. Yes. And had you, in, in all of your musical upbringing, did you go to any camps growing up or? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yes. Um, there was sort of the biggest, uh, kind of musical turning points in my life were spent at music camp. Yeah. Um, when which was, ones did you go to? When I was, maybe I hadn't been playing guitar for that long, but I think I was probably 13. Um, so I'd only been playing for a couple of years and um, I went to the National Guitar Summer Workshop. Okay, yeah. Which... Uh, I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like a franchise or something. They, were, they had them all over. You right. Know? So this one was in Connecticut. Um, and, you know, besides just being very exciting, it was my first time traveling alone and all that. Mm. And, um, but it was really great. There's so many, so many great... Um, just being in that environment with other people who are learning, you know, and having a really... Like I'd never been in such a music centric environment with such a concentrated number of people who are all doing the same thing, had this, you know, who are yeah. all there f- for that. So, um, yeah, it was just incredibly inspiring. And, uh, yeah. Uh, after that, um, 
And I've also taught at a bunch of camps as well. So over the years, mm. uh, never taught at the summer music camp. Um, but anyway, that's lovely. Yeah. I wish, I wish I had had music camps growing up. I just went to Jesus camp, you know, and like, I would come back and be like, I'm ready to stop sinning because <laughs> I was for some reason so guilty as a child. Uh, but like, I love the alternate history of, instead of me doing that, going to music camp and being like, I'm ready to start practicing and then maybe actually practicing yeah. <laughs> because it's connected to things that I actually want. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was incredible. And, and, uh, just being around like some of the some of the big takeaways for me was just being around people like and being at lunch with them yeah you know um that's one of the things that i um i tell folks when they uh sign up for camp if they have any questions you know it's like definitely like hang out at lunchtime yeah you know because like at the you know, being like even standing in the lunch line with some, you know, like next to John Reichman, for example, you know, and just getting to chat is so, uh, yeah, it was just so important to me, to my, you know, totally development. Yeah. Getting to actually commune yeah. <laughs> with these folks and yeah, yeah uh, there's something about like seeing someone in three dimensions yeah. and hearing them in an actual room and not in a yeah recording that makes it feel like a little more inspiring because it's like oh this is real right and this is something that a human body is doing exactly a human brain is you know yeah doing and that and i have those things exactly and then maybe i can do that that's exactly my my first two music camp experiences i was an adult i was a young adult but i went to um banjo camp north mm -hmm. um free publicity for you nice. <laughs> and uh the nashville Clawhammer camp and um yeah getting to like hang out with and have lunch with Riley Boggess, yeah. you know, and uh, and Adam Hurt, um, you know, and just have that concentrated time uh, was so important for me um, because I learned I learned a lot of great specific stuff at those camps, but I feel like I did a lot more sort of emotional, inspirational learning that, and that yeah. is what really lasted. Yeah. You know, like I took Adam Hertz, like mastering the mechanics of tone class and I changed everything about my banjo setup and the way that I played, started oh, playing cool. on my leg and stuff, you know, yeah. but like since then I've changed almost everything from like the way that I, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I haven't dropped that inspiration and I haven't lost the momentum of the inspiration of that moment right. and like getting to share knowledge with other people. And yeah. Yeah. This is so such a lovely thing to participate in, especially for, uh, for kids, you know, yeah. who are a little more sponge like, Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I was so actually the first, after the first time, uh, directing it, I was so like bummed that it was over. Yeah. And it's, you know, I really expected the opposite because it was, you know, like uh, I expected, you know, like, oh, I'm going to relax. And like, you know, and once we've, you know, pulled off this event. Yeah. Instead, I was like, oh, no, That's everyone's lovely. going home. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a sweet reason to be uh, disappointed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, I was just thinking because you mentioned Riley Boggess. Riley Boggess was at the Julian Camp last year. I heard. Which yeah. It was really cool. Yeah hang out with that guy. I remember he, uh, I got kind of trapped in my, um, this is a very typical Roscoe story. I got trapped in my, uh, jacket, uh, my <laughs> zipper broke and I am a big Riley Boggess fan, yeah. you know, from, for decade, over a decade, probably, you know, as soon yeah. as I heard him basically. Is it because of how wonderful his music is? Uh, is that why? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and, but in this, so I, my zipper broke and I was trapped in my jacket and I couldn't like get it out. You know, I couldn't get out of it. And, and he was like, Oh, let me help you with that. And he like came over and was just like working on my jacket. Yeah. And I was like, I'm very close. We haven't even met yet. Yeah. You know, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, suddenly I'm very close to Riley Boggess. So funny. He's, he's saving me from myself. I had a lovely moment. I don't know if I've told this story on, on the show before, but like when I met him back in, must've been 2013. Um, I was at this jam, you know, it was like a mostly banjo jam because it was banjo camp figures with one, you know, token fiddler. Um, and, uh, 
Riley was in the jam, and Steve Arkin, uh, who recently passed. Uh, rest in peace, Steve Arkin. I'm going to tell a story about Steve Arkin being uh, pedantic, which is <laughs> honoring to his memory because that's how he nice. would want to be remembered. <laughs> okay, so to be clear, okay. no hate here. Yeah. But like, I played this like four chord over uh, Julianne Johnson, and he was like, "Oh, interesting that you play the four chord there," you know. And he was like, kind of like giving me a little bit of a hard time, maybe yeah. a little bit reserved, uh, because he was on staff, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. He's being a little nicer about it than he normally would. And then years later, I saw Riley Boggess uh, play in Philly. And I was like, hey, Riley, uh, we met at camp like, you know, five, six years ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember you. Uh, You're the one who Steve Arkin gave a hard time about playing Uh, four chords too. And I was like, you remember? He's like, (laughs) that's so great. Yeah. That, I, and I love that that Riley remembers things like that, yeah. you know, that, that, that's like, it's part, you know, kind of like maybe being like present, mm-hmm. maybe emotionally present, but also like, he probably thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. You know, tickled him. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the kind of people you want to have on staff at camp or the people who are like, I'm here to have a camp experience. Yeah. You know, I'm here to be, emotionally engaged yeah i'm here to notice the funny things that happen and remember them and you know bring them up yeah and those sorts of things you know like they wash out to sea you know a little bit in other environments but they're stickier yeah camp yeah it's yeah it can be such a sweet time together you know it's funny that you'd say that it reminds me of uh at julian this year is joe newbury Oh, who, so great. Who is a very similar kind of yeah. spirit, you know, uh, in addition to be a just raging banjo player, but also, um, yeah, just like there for it, you know, there yeah. for the experience in camp and um, like there to nurture it, but also just engage in it, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's like as close as you can get to participating i think whether you're a student or on this uh, on it like whether you're the teacher as yeah. well like we're all learning together yeah. you know in that environment that's one of the things that makes it so special you know yeah so, yeah well let's uh let's play another tune and then let's get into some the the specific promotions of like when these camps are how people sign up yeah. and then anything else you want to mention heck yeah um thoughts do you have anything Oh, do I have anything? Well, Uh, that's a (laughs) dangerous question. Yeah. I've got Uh, all sorts of things. I don't know if you want to be put on the spot. Um, Well, what's on your list? um, Oh, I got, you know, I've got Tennessee politics on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe you played that with Palmer. I tried to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I would love to try again. Maybe I can make some more progress on it this time. Put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a D tune, right? It is a D tune. Yeah. yeah. What a, we did a fundraiser during the during 2021. I, I want to stop saying during during the pandemic. I want to just you know. Yeah, it's going should, on right now. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I appreciate yeah. it. during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In 2021, well, yeah, I, I played this uh, a fundraiser for the CBA's Youth Academy, I believe, um, and which is also which is a great. Uh, which is a, a great event that happens during Father's Day Fest mm-hmm. um, in Grass Valley, California, uh, run by Kimber Ludiker, who's an amazing, oh, amazing fiddle player. So good. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I played, um, I have a duo with a great fiddle player named Leif Karlstrom, who lives in Eugene, um, called Small Town Therapy. And uh, we played Tennessee Politics for that, you know, just the way that I've, I've been playing it. Um, and Tristan Scroggins was hosting the fundraiser, like the online event. And, uh, oh, what did he say? He, he was like, something like I'm here for emotional Tennessee politics any day or something. I can't remember what he called it like, yeah, yeah. emotional Tennessee. Politics. I've, I've seen some Tennessee politics. They're quite emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is definitely, I, I don't know that I always, this is a John Hartford tune, um, but I don't know that I always uh, recognize the name of this tune when I'm 
performing it, you know, or tell the audience what it's called. It's just too much. It's too much. <laughs> I don't want to. It's an idea to place in their mind while they're listening. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they need that. Yeah, especially, yeah, depending on when. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, some people are doing great Tennessee politics. They're yeah. working on it. That's legit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good point. This is who it's for. Right. <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up the good that's, work. That's who we're being sweet about. Right. Yeah. Um, the okay. Justins. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Are, uh, so I'm gonna play this for you. Yeah. deceptive cadence. Uh, oh, uh, so pretty. So good. Fun. 
I was thinking about when uh, when we were when I was playing that how um, I leave out a lot of the melody notes and uh, that was maybe a big part of my uh, yeah I don't know thinking or some, one of the conclusions I came to when I was working on this stuff was that it's okay to to you know maybe that's something that comes from a little bit from Clawhammer yeah you know arranging yeah. but it's you know have. I've given myself permission to not play every single note in the melody, totally. which sort of imply things a little bit. Well, like nice. it can be a real flex to be like, I, I know which ones you need. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't, you even hadn't even thought yeah. about that. I, I think it's, yeah. The, the more I've like gotten into old time music, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Like knowing which notes you are, are extraneous, mm. which ones are extra, you mm. know, uh, is like, it, it's a hard one. Yeah. To figure that out, you have to really understand the tune to know how to. It's like um, it's like being succinct, you know. Yeah, like, it's hard great... to be succinct unless you really know the, the right. thing you're talking about. That's a great. It's hard point. to distill it down. Yeah. This has been so great. We have time for one more before we do that. Where do people go to sign up for these camps? When are they again? And anything else that you want to mention? Great question. Yes. Yeah. So the Julian Family Fiddle Camp, um, you can register for that at familyfiddlecamp.com. Um, and uh, that is May 1st through 5th. Um, got an incredible group of uh, instructors, BB Bonus. Oh, yeah. Crushing it, uh, as usual. Uh, she taught at the summer music camp in Grass Valley uh, last year, and folks loved it. Um, she's so good she, and so, so cool. Good. So good and cool. Um, Mike Compton will be there as well. Um, wow. Also great. Also great. Um, <laughs> Joe DeCosimo oh, yeah. will be there. Oh, yeah. Um, teaching banjo. Yeah, good. Um, uh, Karen Celia Heil will oh. be there. Teaching fiddle, and I'm also going to uh, talk her into doing a old time guitar workshop. Good because yeah, it's what the world needs yeah. is more old time guitar yeah. classes and instruction. Um, I was trying to get her on uh, at Clifftop this last year to to do a, a guitar episode, but uh, the it wasn't in the cards. But we're gonna uh, one of these days. Man. I'm gonna get her on and like have her explain what she just does. explain yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's like the most requested yeah and and also yeah. i think under uh like uh it, it's un, not offered uh, yeah as yeah. much as it should it's, it's yeah. A, yeah it's a mystery to me anyways um yeah um so that's happening may 1st through 5th um and then um June 9th through 12th, we have the summer music camp that happens. Oh, I should point out the Julian Family Fiddle Camp is in Southern California, mm -hmm. about an hour east, hour and a half east of San Diego. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, June 9th through 12th in Grass Valley, California, uh, is the summer music camp. And that is um, it's going to be super fun. John Reichman will be there. Um, we've got kind of a core of instructors that have been teaching there for a long time. Um, and this year we've got a few that haven't taught there in a few years, but they're back. So um, John Reichman has been, I think has taught at every camp except for one. Wow. Yeah. Um, and this year we've got Lori Lewis is back. Keith Little is back. Uh, we've got Trey Wellington teaching banjo. He's the best. Um, Nikosi Fields oh, is also teaching. Also great. Yeah, uh, teaching band um, and oh, cool. going to. I've the the last couple of years I've wanted the old time band to be more of a focus on a specific maybe regional style or whatever the yeah. instructor is excited about. Yeah, basically. So I think we're gonna do. He's gonna do Oklahoma tunes. Well, yeah, he's the person to do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Hazy Siakos teaching bass. Ah. Wow. Uh, Annie Stanek is back. Yes. Mike Witcher, yeah. Eli West. Um, so good yeah Brandon Godman uh, oh and the Horsenecks will be there Gabriel McCray and Barry yeah. these sound so, like two fantastic weeks it's it's gonna be a blast I'm just excited to hang out with all these incredible people yeah I'll be busy but yeah <laughs> it's gonna be good um, anyway, yeah. yeah you're just gonna go up to each one and you, your jacket will be stuck and uh, they'll help you out yeah I'll just be yeah. like help me yeah. now man the last year uh, about halfway through the camp I finally got a minute to just walk around and check in on classes and it was like just so I've got emotional it was just so mm -hmm. inspiring just mm -hmm. to see these little just worlds that each teacher was just you know 
uh, creating with their students mm. there. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a good couple weeks. Good. Sign up. Fantastic. <laughs> well, what should we do for our last tune, Roscoe? I have no idea. That's uh, we've done a bunch of uh, yeah. Uh, got a bunch of my uh, my tunes on here. Well, yeah, we could end with a, a Roscoe tune. Oh yeah. Do you want to hear? There's one actually that's in D. Um, that is what's it called? Oh, so I I've, I've always been really obsessed with um, punctuation and titles. Yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> like Shania Twain titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like uh, mostly special characters. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, parentheses. Yeah, semicolons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, I was someone. I was giving this. I was explaining myself on stage, and someone was uh, suggested only punctuation. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so I titled this one dot 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 question mark. Love it. As you know, yeah. And you could just fill in the blanks yeah. there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a pregnant pause, a pregnant inquisitive, right? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. or it's. <laughs> I guess someone actually said it was more like, huh? Yeah, that, that's it's the translation. But um, yeah, here let me. Family Fiddle Camp runs May 1st through 5th outside San Diego, and the CBA Summer Music Camp runs June 9th through 12th 
in Grass Valley, which is like halfway between Sacramento and Reno. So sign up now. I put links in the show notes for this episode. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, also linked in the show notes, along with links to sign up for banjo lessons with me. Then there's pitchforkbanjo.com, my Clawhammer instructional video series, and cameradoit.com slash store, where you can purchase my archived workshops and sign up for my upcoming Old Time Songs Part 2 workshop series. Check out my Old Time Trio, Tall Poppy String Band, and follow us on social media. We're touring the Midwest with the Swedish trio Northern Resonance in April, so if you're in the Midwest, check our tour dates. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cold.